0: you learn how to adapt and live with a small hint of social isolation. So all of this that's going on is nothing that's odd for us because this is kind of like, it was already our lifestyle.
1: Welcome to another edition of Kessler Foundation's series on important topics in the era of COVID-19. I'm Dr. Erica Weber. The coronavirus pandemic is most certainly affecting those in the disability community. While many of our previous podcasts in this series have been with scientific experts in the field, today we wanted to host a conversation with individuals who are experts of their own experience. I'm joined today by two of our Kessler Foundation employees, both of whom are diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, so that they can share their experiences regarding the last few weeks amidst the pandemic. Carla Basante works to connect individuals in the community with research opportunities as our research recruitment assistant. And Michelle Claiborne Crosby works with our development department to organize events that bring awareness to our efforts, potential donors as our development assistant. Welcome to you both. And thanks so much for agreeing to share your personal experiences with us today. Thanks, Erica. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thanks, ladies. It's good to hear your voices, even though we're not in the office. I want to get a sense of how has this been going for you? I'm sure life is looking a little bit different and with your uh, disabilities, having MS at the same time as dealing with the coronavirus, it's, it's got to be an extra challenge. So can you give us a bit of an insight into what your day-to-day has been looking like?
0: For me, it actually, the working from home hasn't been that great of a challenge. Uh, It actually is something, this social isolation has been something that I've been used to since the diagnosis back in 2000. Um, Since that diagnosis, I've had to uh, learn to deal with not always being able to attend different events with family and friends because of different health issues or unexpected health issues. Um, So, this feeling of you know, being able to work from home has actually been a blessing for me in disguise.
1: Interesting, because I, I know it's, it's been, if anything, just a really big change, but it sounds like you're noticing a couple more silver linings, at least with regard to your work life. Absolutely, definitely, absolutely. Um, simple
0: things like getting up in the morning to get dressed, to go to work. Usually at times when I was working in the office, which the company I love, Um, getting up to get dressed, take a shower. By the time I would get up, get dressed after taking a shower, I would be completely exhausted and be ready to get back into bed to go back to sleep. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yes. Fatigue is a big thing. Absolutely. For individuals who are living with the diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. And Fatigue is something that's often hard to explain to individuals. It just really does weigh you down and make you feel like you've run a zillion miles just from going to get in the shower and getting out. So when you're living with fatigue, sometimes it it takes everything you have and even stuff you don't really have to make it from your bed to your, your car and then driving to your office and then working in the office all day. So being able to Be here in my house, working, whether it be on my couch, working while I stay in the bed with the laptop, that has been a phenomenal, phenomenal blessing for me personally.
1: Wow. So being able to at least maybe alter your schedule so that it fits how your symptoms happen to be flaring up that day. Because if I understand correctly, fatigue isn't really something that you can predict in MS. It kind of seems to come out of nowhere sometimes.
2: Yes, it comes out of nowhere on a daily basis, especially at this time, with us being um, overly um, thinking about our health. You know, with having multiple sclerosis, with having an autoimmune disease, with everything that's going on, and with all the restrictions that are global, national, locally. Um, you know, we're we're. At, extra hyper vigilant in regards to trying to take care of ourselves. And that brings stressors in on itself, but being able to work from home, it kind of helps to um, regulate that environment as well, because we're able to be productive. And again, like Michelle said, for a wonderful organization that has helped to um, adapt to people working from home at this time has been such a rewarding experience. You know, um, like Michelle said, I feel the exact same way. We don't know how we're gonna feel. Um, We don't know how we're gonna feel every second of every day and fatigue can hit at any time. And, you know, we could say it's the weather, we could say it's this, um, but, you know, having again, a compromised immune system, we're subjected to so many variables. Um, but working from home with an organization that um, supports you and is staying up to date in regards to different ways to be productive. Like with Kessler, we are now doing telestudies from home. So I am recruiting people to participate in telestudies. So for me, that just adds another highlight to working from home, that I'm able to be productive on that level. And have more people um participate in studies that I know will benefit them.
1: Right. It almost sounds like you're you've been able to add a new layer of, of what your job entails by by recruiting for these tele-studies. So I imagine that's gotta feel good that you're being extra productive at this point.
2: It feels it feels wonderful. And when I do speak to the people who wanna participate, for them it feel they feel like they're able to be productive in their own life because it's very confusing right now for so many people. And now they can participate in something that's gonna help the disability community now and in the future. So it is it's a it's just it to me that's just a wonderful opportunity now with my position with working from home during
1: this time. That's absolutely great. I think you're you're right that people kind of don't know what to do at this point and they're probably very used to being socially engaged, or uh, being able to give back and have their usual routine. So perhaps participating in a telestudy allows people who may be struggling a little bit with their own day to day to have more meaning. So um, that's not only a, a great um, way that you've been able to, to remain productive in your job, but also a, a nice way that the general community who wants to give back in terms of research has been able to, um, to get by. And, yes. so, and so you've, you've mentioned, you know, you don't really know how you're going to feel all day long. So have you found that you've been able to be more flexible with your work schedule now that you're at home?
0: Definitely something that has been a wonderful benefit because I've learned what I can and can't do since I've been here, you know, at home, what I am able to do. Sometimes I need to take that break. Sometimes if I'm having migraine pain, I may need to sleep a little bit longer. Um, Sometimes I need to just rest. Sometimes our bodies tell us, you know what, you need to slow down, you need to rest. And I'm able to do just that and then get back up at two o'clock and do the work that I wasn't able to do in the morning or vice versa. If I'm able to sleep all during the day and be up all night, I can do all the work overnight. Our bodies really do dictate to us what our day is going to be like. And unfortunately, it's not always the nine to five.
1: Absolutely. And so you've, you've mentioned that it's been so helpful that Kessler Foundation has been supportive of this. What have you found that um, that companies besides Kessler Foundation can do to make sure that this is a viable option for, for their uh, employees with disabilities?
0: For me, I was always working in the office on a full time schedule. Having the ability to work from home full time and go back to the office and get things as I need them uh, has been a blessing. A true, it's like a godsend for me because I don't have to worry about, because I have um, an at risk immune system, going to the office knowing that I don't have to worry about running into anybody else there getting the things that I need and not having to deal with any stress, just getting what I need and then turning around and coming back here home and finishing my work here. That is, that has truly answered so many of my prayers. In addition to still having that connection with my colleagues, I have, um, you know, being able, yes, being able to email and if necessary, if need be to text message Um, We're still very connected, very
1: connected. Yes, I bet communication is really, really important at this point, right? It's so wonderful. On Friday, actually, we're going to be having
2: a um, group meeting with our staff. I check in once a week with everyone to let them know exactly what's going on so that communication that the organization that the Kessler Foundation is providing, the support and the information that the foundation is giving all of us at this time is wonderful. And they're keeping us updated as to what is transpiring. And I I think that is very important because, again, it's a very confusing time right now with everyone in the world. But the fact that our organization is letting us know what is happening internally with the uh, foundation, I think, is wonderful.
1: So, from what you ladies are saying, it's it's been really important to be able to stay connected with your organization. I know, I know, at least on on the research side, uh, we've been staying in touch with our research assistants. I just had a Facetime with a couple of them before, and we've been doing Zoom and phone calls and lots of emails. Um, we have a messaging system that we can sometimes use, so it's really been important. So this way, everyone knows what's going on, but then still feels Connected from the per- from the perspective of uh, projects, but also just from your your colleagues and having that social support in the workplace that we're so accustomed to. But this really brings up that idea of social isolation that when you're quarantined, you're you're not in the same social circles that you used to be in, and. And we know that social support when you have MS is really critical in order to being able to ward off things like difficulties with mood or anxiety and and also just being able to get your needs met. So how have you guys been able to, to manage that social isolation piece and, and trying to stay connected? I've been in
2: touch with so many people in, in different areas, like my church. Uh, my church has a wonderful support chain in regards to anything that's needed at this time with family members, my friends that live here locally, the moms. So we do like a video chat in the morning and we send each other jokes and we talk about how bad each other looks. Yeah. You know, the gray hair and all that, but who cares? (laughs) I I own it. I'll own it. And then, you know, family, family, you know, your family members that you're able to communicate with either through like saying FaceTime or other things, Mm -hmm. that's one way to become social. The thing is, you still have that social isolation for me in particular, because I am not leaving, as my son says, the perimeter, because no matter what, my personal body chemistry is susceptible to so many things that for me to take a risk to even go to the store or anywhere, it's not worth it. I can't take that risk. So I am isolated in my, on my own property, but to do things other than speaking with my friends and family and all that, which I started to tell you guys, I now I'm starting a thousand piece puzzle and (laughs) I am reading books And I'm still exercising, although I'm adapting. Um, I am trying to expand my vocabulary, not as far as learning the language. I am trying to Mm -hmm. learn the English language. So Mm -hmm. I am doing things like that. But it takes the social isolation is is a different feeling. And it's one that you kind of you acknowledge it, but you don't engage with it. So and that's how I look at it. I know it's there, but. I am not going to engage with it because there's way too many things that I can do while I'm alone. I may not be creative. I may not write a song. I may not do that, but I am determined to finish this thousand
1: piece puzzle. Sounds like you are well on your way. Yeah. You've been able to really stay, stay engaged and keep yourself busy, whether that's with new avenues for social outlets. Um, because I, I don't know about you guys, but I I know that we've had FaceTime and Zoom and all of these platforms before, but I never really thought to use them because my social needs were generally getting met elsewhere. So now there's all of these new avenues that people can use. And I, I wonder how much of that may still continue even after things are return a little bit back to normal.
0: I will tell you um, the family my, my in-laws and my personal family, we've been utilizing the Zoom a lot for family meetings um, once a week. And my husband and I have decided, you know, that after this is done, if we're not going to have the family meetings on Zoom, then we're going to definitely have Sunday dinners and kind of take it back to what's really important and making sure that we spend time with one another. Because... It has definitely brought the family and the true friendships closer together, because I do find myself checking on people. Uh, you know, how are you? Is everything okay? What's going on? How's your mom? How's your dad? Uh, reaching out and not just telephone call reaching out, but
2: seeing people's face. Yeah, you could also look at Facebook and other forums that people are communicating on with the social interaction. It's more more people are interacting. Than ever, I know Mark Zuckerberg is very happy, but it's that it's also that social interaction there that, and then you can message, you can also do that face uh, chat as well. So there's so many different avenues that people are now learning about and and hoping that this is going to continue, just like the doctor's appointments, telehealth uh, programs that they have now too. You know, there's different support groups out there as well that people can uh, participate in.
1: And I'm glad you brought that up, Carla. I was wondering, how has it been for you just managing your MS symptoms uh, since this has all began? Like how have, have medical appointments been and getting medications, all of that? I had a, an
2: appointment with my neurologist yesterday and it was wonderful. And, and you know, I was able to accomplish you know what was needed with my prescription that I, I do have to take at this time. And it, it was fine. And I hope this continues in the future. I really, really do. I understand that, you know, there are gonna be appointments where you have to have blood up done. You know, he's gonna have to see you physically to see what your gait looks like and different things. But for somebody who needs just an appointment where they don't have to see the doctor, I think it's a wonderful thing. So right now for me personally, it's good, uh, but I can't do a telephysical therapy. So for me, the fact that I can't go to physical therapy as needed, that's probably uh, one of my things that you know is, has affected me the most.
1: There's nothing
2: set up for physical therapy, but it, uh, the other doctor's appointments are going well. I, I really have to admit that uh, I'm very thankful for them. That's good to hear, Carla, because for me, I am actually
0: on Monday, I was scheduled for a pain institute doctor's appointment, and they had to uh, cancel it because of all of the stuff going on with COVID-19. They're having some difficulty getting in touch with the medical insurance department to pre-approve me going to get the shots, the pain shots that I needed. So unfortunately, there's good sides to it because I did with my neurologist, I did have a telehealth appointment with my neurologist, and that was fabulous. I am going to go and get my infusion next Friday. That's wonderful. But on the downside, another office that handles my pain uh, issues couldn't get in touch with my insurance Uh, to get me approved, to get the shots, the trigger point injections that I need to help me with my pain spots. So there's, it's almost like a, a balance is kind of needed, so to speak. Right. And you can,
1: you could only imagine right now that insurance companies are, are just as swamped. So it's understandable, but, but you, you still need to get your, your medical and pain needs Needs met, definitely.
0: But you know, hey, you look at it, and for me personally, it's when you're living with the diagnosis of multiple sclerosis, you you kind of, and it's not really a good thing, but you kind of learn to live with the pain and you deal with.
2: It. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's never a day where you're not in pain or uh, a weird discomfort, so to speak. Right. But you know, having it for over twenty something years, you know, I, I often say. That it's like a sister. Um, you know, some days she wants to do stuff. Other days she's like, "No, I just want to stay on the couch. I don't feel good." And then there's other days where you're like, "Come on, we can do this. We can do this together." I don't hate my MS because it's part of who I am. So I have to work with it at all times. But sometimes it's very difficult to work with it. I. So that's why I said it's like having a sister. At times, because you want to work together with it, and um, you know, but it it has its limits of um, what you're able to do at the time of a flare or a relapse. So again, it just you have to work with it on a daily basis, even though you have no idea what's going to happen.
1: Carla, I love that analogy. That was it's just so well put, and it it really hones in on that identity piece and also the struggle, but I think it, it probably gets you to a better place of acceptance where you're seeing this as something you need to join with in order to move forward rather than rail against, because it's going to be with you regardless.
2: Yeah. I can't hate it because it's part of who I am, you know, it's absolutely. absolutely. you know, so that's just, that's what has gotten me through um, understanding and accepting my diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. Getting to that point, definitely
0: meditation and mindfulness helps you get to that point because it's not always easy. Don't get me wrong, um, it takes years. I too have had this um, diagnosis for 20 plus years, and it, it isn't easy in the beginning, but this, everything that everyone is going through now with this um, stay in place and everything, it kind of also, it kind of becomes like natural for us because when you're diagnosed and when you're no longer able to do the physical things that you used to be able to do before you lost eyesight or before you uh, had a problem with walking or before you had a different ailment that was brought brought upon you, because of the diagnosis of multiple sclerosis, you, you, you learn how to adapt and live with a small hint of social isolation. So all of this that's going on is nothing that's odd for us, because this is kind of like was already our lifestyle. We already kind of have become masters of how to um, live with this type of lifestyle, because this is almost like our norm. So this is odd for everybody else, Yeah, but for
2: us, this is our norm. This is our everyday living. Absolutely. I mean, I lost um, the ability to drive long distances. And I would drive all the way down to Cape May, LBI, up to Connecticut. I love to drive. I no longer drive long distances because I know... What may happen with having MS, with having different issues that may happen between I say strength in my legs, I opted not to drive long distances anymore. So, like Michelle was just saying, with we, it is part of our our life. It's being isolated by not being able to drive because of an illness. That's a whole different ballpark. Definitely tapping into meditating and mindfulness. I'm such a proponent on that. It's a mind and body connection. So, if your body is fighting against itself, the mind can help re- regulate it. Although we know with lesions with MS, um, we don't know what they're going to hit or what nerves they're going to affect. But I mean the mind as far as mindfulness with calmness and just really being in the moment. I think that's a wonderful thing. And it's moments like that, being able to channel that strength um, that has gotten me through losing the ability to drive long distances. But it is such a form of isolation to a certain degree that you know I never expected, but it's my life.
1: So I accept it. So you've both spoken about the importance of mindfulness and meditation and finding ways that keep your life as low stress as possible, keeping your your mood calm and stable. Are you finding that that has been able to get you through this uh, this challenge right now of the pandemic? And, and this is something that you would recommend to to other people, whether or not they have MS or a, a different disability.
2: Absolutely, I'm trying to get my son, who is in college and has to finish up his semester at home. So he has such stress and frustration because now he's living at home with his mom. So it's a whole new world for him and I keep saying please you need to meditate. You need I send him links. Sometimes I don't even say it. I just randomly will send him links. And and the other day he admitted he did it. And I am like this is it it will help you to get to a better homeostasis, you know, and, and, oh, with that, without a doubt, with, without a doubt.
0: When I was first diagnosed, the first thing that the neurologist said to me, I was still working in corporate America. And the first thing he said was, Michelle, I know that you're making a lot of money and I know money is great. However, stress is a silent killer. You need to get out of corporate America. And I was like, oh, <gasps> oh. Because I was young, I was in my 20s, and I was 25 when I was diagnosed. And I was in corporate America doing my thing, thought that I was living the good life, making tons of money. However, he was right stress truly is a silent killer. I got all super involved with the yoga, the chakra cleansing, the meditation. Oh my goodness, yes, because people don't even realize that stress is. Oh my goodness! It will totally can totally change your world, and not 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 for the good. If you can manage the stress that is trying to come and take over your life, I watch the TV, I watch the news, I call my grandmother. She tells me I had a headache, my blood pressure went up because I'm watching this stuff on the television,
2: and I'm like, Grandma, turn the television off. I'm a big proponent on turning the TV off these days. There's no need uh, at this point. uh, for certain news stories, and it, stress, stress does affect you. But the thing is, the body can't differentiate between good stress and bad stress. The stress that we're feeling right now from confusion, it it's it's I don't know how to explain it. It's a certain numbness that it, it brings you. I always have MS symptoms. I'm I always feel pins and needles from my fingertips to my toes, um, electric shock going down my back, all of that. But when I mean a numbness because your body doesn't it's like in a constant fight or flight reaction because your mind is is so confused as to how to process everything so that's why the mindfulness and the meditation is so key because then you can relax your thoughts and that will carry on a reverb into your body you know so and that's why it's so important and and not just with people who have autoimmune diseases i think it would benefit everyone Everyone in this world. That's why when I saw how badly my son was stressing out, plus he's helping me at home now. So he's like my caretaker right now. So that's another stress that he was not expecting. So for him to start to adapt to the mindfulness, you know, I could see him relaxing better. And I think more people should address it because it's not hippie ish, it's it's really just a wonderful health benefit. And that's what they
1: need to say. It's a health benefit. It sounds like these things that you've each described that have helped you cope with your MS for all these years are great ways to cope with stress during this pandemic for people with disabilities or just the general population, because we're all kind of thrown into this this world that we don't recognize and our usual coping strategies and supports may really not be as accessible, but something as um, I don't want to say that it's simple and that it's it's easy, but it's uh, you don't need very many resources or um, or space to be able to practice things like mindfulness and meditation. And even just uh, maintaining your mood and your diet, and um, trying to exercise in any way that you can, given our limitations, these sorts of strategies that that you've been able to to use and perfect over the years are, are I'm sure, coming in really handy for you both right now. Um, that they're they're not necessarily new practices that you have to uh, learn amidst all of this stress. They're things that you're. Already very used to doing, and that is, it will serve you really well. Yes. Yep. So, you've both described a lot of great self care strategies that have been very effective for you. What other sorts of resources have you found helpful for living with your MS um, in generally and things that the community can reach out and look for right now when they're most at need? I
2: know that with the National Multiple Sclerosis Society, with they have the MS navigator that can help um, you see different things in your in your area in, in regards to different groups. I also know that some self-help groups on their own are still continuing to communicate with each other. So if someone has information or any, I mean, not information, any questions, I think the National MS Society's uh, navigator is a beneficial tool, most definitely.
1: That's a great suggestion. And we'll make sure that that gets included in our program notes so you can uh, easily access that. And um, I believe also probably there are a number of social media, Facebook groups that would be great places to to get information and also share what works for, for you. Because if, let's say there's been a struggle that that you've been experiencing that you were able to find a viable solution to it would be great to pass that information on to others who might benefit from it as well. Oh,
2: absolutely. And the 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 MS groups that are on Facebook, I belong to several of them. That's another way to be able to engage in communication with uh, other people while you're in isolation because the main thing is you never want anyone to feel alone. So, in regards to reaching out to family and friends or church or groups or social media, um, know that there always are people there and resources available. But uh, definitely, uh, I think that's a wonderful, uh, the social media as well. I'm guess at this point, I'm thinking about
0: how, even though physically we may not be together next to one another, So even if we are physically near someone and we're wearing a mask, uh, we're still six feet apart. um, I just, at this point, I want to remind people that we are all still in this together. We are all still dealing with this. We're all, um, whether we're diagnosed with lupus or multiple sclerosis or living with autism, no matter what it is, if we're perfectly healthy, if we have sinus issues, whatever the case may be, Right now, the whole world is dealing with this COVID-19 issue. So we all have something in common. And knowing that we're together and we are all one and dealing with the same issue can make sure that people know that they're not alone. We are all trying to weather the storm together, and if there's anybody who ever ever feels like they're alone. There are so many um, telephone numbers out there for depression um, because depression is definitely something that is easy to slip into in times like this. And I definitely want to make sure that everybody knows that you're not alone. We're dealing with the same thing as everybody else is. Um, And please know that it's just gonna get better from here.
1: That's a great way to, to end our, our time with you ladies. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and your wisdom and staying strong during this time. Um, you're, you give a great face to those living with MS. We really appreciate your, your willingness to, to open up to us and our listeners today. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Erica. Tuned into our podcast lately? Join our listeners in 90 countries who enjoy learning about the work of Kessler Foundation. In new episodes, our experts weigh in on the impact of COVID-19 on people living with disabilities, and they talk about how research that changes lives continues at Kessler Foundation. Check back soon to listen to more COVID-19 podcasts on our playlist. The link is in the program notes. Listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was recorded on Wednesday, April 29th, 2020 remotely and was edited and produced by Joan Banksmith,
2: Smith, creative producer for Kessler Foundation.